0: Hello, this is Jensen Franklin and thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Our goal is to provide you with biblically based teachings that will challenge, inspire and equip you to live for Jesus. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead and subscribe today to this podcast so you can get the latest updates from us and you don't ever have to miss a new message. Let's go right into the service recorded at Free Chapel. I believe it's going to bless you today. Look in the Bible to Revelation chapter four. I want to go to Revelation chapter four for just a few moments and I want you to help me preach a little bit. I want you, your job is to rejoice when I say something good. Hallelujah. If I don't say nothing good, just sit there and look at me like a But there's a pigeon looking for you. So if you just sit there like a statue, one's going to maybe find you in this service. (laughs) Revelation chapter four. And after these things, I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this immediately the next verse says immediately i was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one who sat on the throne i want to talk to you today about this voice that calls us to come up here we need to have heaven on our mind in this room that i'm preaching in today and and literally thousands, tens of thousands and potentially millions who are viewing by television and those online. I'm talking to people, precious people who have been strained and stretched to their limits emotionally. I'm talking to people who have been hounded by physical pain and been harassed by financial difficulty and pressure on their mind. I'm talking to people who have been humbled by domestic uh, disharmony and trouble in their families and in their marriages. And the deal is Satan wants to keep our attention on our problems and off of our promises. He wants us to live shallow earthbound lives. The devil wants us to smother the promise that Jesus made in John chapter 14 and get you only to focus on the passing and not the permanent only on the temporal and not the eternal. But remember John 14 where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you under myself that where I am there, you will be also. John was on the Isle of Patmos. God saved him from a boiling pot of oil. He was thrown in. He was the last living disciple and they threw him in a pot of oil and tried to boil him alive. And for some reason he would not die. They can't kill you as long as God. He had a book he had to write called the book of revelation and God wouldn't let the boiling oil kill him. And they pulled him out of the boiling oil and they marooned him on an Island called the Isle of Patmos. And there alone by himself, suddenly something happened to him. God allowed him to see a door and the door had a voice that came out of it that said, Hey, are you having a bad day? Are you having a bad week? Are you having a bad month? John come up here, come see from heaven's perspective. What's really going on when you're having a bad day down there. And suddenly he was able to go up into paradise, to peer into heaven's paradise. And he began to see and hear an eavesdrop on heaven and all the beauty, the sounds, the sights of heaven. He peered into the paradise of God because heaven is a place. It's not just a state of mind. It is not a sentimental dream. It is not a figment of our imagination that we make up to comfort people who are grieving the loss of a loved one. If heaven is not real, then the Bible is a lie. Jesus said in my father's house are many mansions. Listen to this. If it were not so, I would tell you, but he said, I'm telling you, there is a place called heaven. That's why when Jesus was ascending up to heaven after his death and resurrection in Acts 1 and in verse 11, the angels asked the disciples a question, why do you stand here gazing, looking at Jesus? This same Jesus, which you see taken up from you shall so come in like manner. And then in first Thessalonians chapter four, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an ark angel and the trump of God will sound. The dead in Christ shall be raised first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet them in the clouds and the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Then he adds this little PS. He says, wherefore the reason I said all of that comfort one another with these words, We are commanded to preach about heaven. We are commanded to preach about the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. He said, I command you to comfort one another with these words. I don't want the people with their minds only on earth dwelling. I want them while they're dwelling on earth to have heaven on their mind, to know that this old world is not all there is. And I have come this morning to comfort you. I have come to tell you that heaven is a real place. 1,865 times in the Old Testament, heaven is referred to. 316 times in the New Testament, heaven is referred to. Why, why, if it's mentioned that much, we ought to be talking about heaven. We ought to be singing about heaven. We ought to be preaching about heaven. We ought to be shouting about heaven. We ought to be testifying about heaven. We ought to have heaven on our mind. First Peter 1 and 4 said, you have been given an inheritance that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven. Listen to this, wherein you should greatly rejoice in this this hope. Oh, we ought to greatly rejoice that heaven is real. It's real. And I want to let hell know we still believe in heaven. I'm not going to let the devil take heaven off the table. I know that we're blessed and we're victorious here on earth, but this is not it. Jesus rose again, and he said, I'm coming back again, and I'm going to take you to a place where you'll never have a tear or a sorrow again. It's called heaven, and it's still on the table. Somebody would greatly rejoice with me if you believe. If you believe joy today. In the midst of your sorrow, perplexed, but not overcome. I've got heaven on my mind. I've got heaven on my mind. We used to sing an old song in our church. I did everything in our music department. When dad pastored his little country church, I played the drums. I played the sax. I played the piano. I led the choir. I led the children's choir. I sung the solo. And one of the songs that I remember was, well, I'm feeling mighty fine because I've got heaven on my mind. Don't you know I want to go where the milk and honey flows? There's a light that always shines down inside. Don't worry about it. If, it, if I don't know it, I'll make it up. This heart of mine I've got heaven on my mind, and I'm feeling mighty fine. They get that thing going about 90 miles an hour. And the drums, and I'm telling you, the B3 organ would, or whatever it was would get to go going, and we'd have church just off that song. People would be dancing and shouting, and hairpins stabbing into the sheetrock. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. I feel sorry for you. They used to stack the hair up so high when they'd shout, the bob, bobby pins would hit you the eye if you weren't cur- Y'all don't even know what a bobby pin is, do you? But I love that fact. I'm feeling mighty fine. Cause I've got heaven on my mind. If you're depressed, if you're on depression pills, if if you've got the mully grubs, you need to get heaven on your mind. If you want to get to feeling mighty fine, you just get heaven on your mind. Oh, come on and shout with me, somebody. If you could travel at the speed of light, you would get to the planet Mercury in four and a half minutes, it's 70, 57 million miles away. If you, could, if you could travel at the speed of light, you could get to Jupiter, which is 390 million miles away, it would take you 35 minutes. If you wanted to go to Saturn, which is 793 million miles away, it would take you one hour and 10 minutes. If you want to go to Neptune, it's 2.7 billion miles. And if you want to go to Pluto, it's another billion on top of that. So it's going to take you several hours to get to those planets if you're traveling by the speed of light. But I love the fact that John said, when the door opened and I heard a voice say, come up here, heaven is further than all of those places. And he said, immediately, I was there. In the moment, In the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed at the sound of the last trump. And this mortal will put on immortality. And this corruption will put on incorruption. And we shall be changed. I believe it. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But death is going to be swallowed up in victory. I don't know who you buried. I don't know who you said goodbye to. But one of these days, that whole grave site is going to be swallowed up in resurrection power. And they're going to come out of that grave and testify, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over death, hell, and the grave. Somebody give God praise and I'll keep preaching. Hallelujah. Heaven is real. Oh. I want to go. Tell somebody I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to walk on streets of gold. I want to see walls of jasper. Therefore, be steadfast. Get heaven on your mind and be steadfast and Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For inasmuch as you know that your labor is not in vain. He's coming back and his reward is with him. And one day, Jesus is coming back again. And until then, I feel like singing onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. Soon those pearly gates will open. We will tread on streets of gold. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace, in the mansions, bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place. How many of you believe that this morning? I'm telling you how to get off depression pills. I'm telling you how to get out of depression and out of the mully grubs, get heaven on your mind. C.S. Lewis said, if you read history, the Christians who did the most for the present world were the ones who thought the most of the next world. He went on to say, when Christians cease to think of the other world, they become ineffective in this one. We need our minds occupied on heaven. It doth not yet appear what we shall be one John three and two, but we know that when he appears, we shall see him and we shall be like him for we shall see him as it, as he is. Listen to this. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself. Do you know why we, we have a generation who doesn't think that purity matters and holiness matters and, and standards matter and convictions matter because they don't believe Jesus is coming at any moment. And they're not convinced that heaven is greater than this old world. Because when you believe what I'm preaching, it will cause you to purify yourself when you have this hope in here. When I was a kid, We heard so much about heaven. We heard so much about the rapture. We heard so much about how glorious it was gonna be when we got to the other side that it made us want to purify ourselves. And be ready. 2,163 times the Bible talks about Christ coming to get us and catch us up out of this old world. And if you believe that, you will purify Yourself. I can only imagine what my heart will feel. Will I dance for You, Jesus, or will I and all of You just be still? Will I stand in Your presence, or on my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah, or will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine. The Bible said in Revelation 13 and verse six, that Satan opened his mouth to blaspheme God and three things, to slander God, to slander and speak against his name and against his dwelling place, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. The enemy slanders three things according to that verse, God's person, God's people, and God's place. He loves to slander heaven. After forcibly being evicted from heaven, according to Isaiah 14, he is bitter toward God, bitter toward God's people, and bitter toward God's place called heaven. And his chief job is to slander God, his name, his people, and and his place, he, he's speaking lies and blasphemy, saying heaven is not real. It must be maddening to him that we're entitled to the home he was kicked out of. He whispers lies about that place because he's been there. He knows how glorious it is. He knows how wonderful it is. He was kicked out of heaven and he knows we're going to take his place there. So he speaks lies about that place, about the people, and about our God in our darkest hours. Satan hates the new heaven and the new earth as much as a disposed dictator hates a new nation and a new government that replaces him. He knows how wonderful heaven is gonna be. I want you to close your eyes, everybody, everybody. Envision the most beautiful place you've ever been, complete with palm trees, raging rivers, jagged mountains, waterfalls, snow drifts. It's gorgeous. Think of your friends. Think of your family members who love Jesus. They're running to you with open arms. Picture them as you're walking together in this beautiful, beautiful place. Oh, and by the way, all of you have powerful new bodies. There's no sickness. There's no pain. You're laughing. You're playing, you're talking, you're reminiscing, you're holding, you're hugging, but someone is coming. It's Jesus. He's got a big smile on his face and I want you to see yourself falling to his knees and as he pulls you up and embraces you, he tells you, welcome home. You've entered in to the joy of the Lord. Revelation 21. Look at me. You don't want to leave there. See, you just had heaven on your mind and you you don't even want to open your eyes again, do you? Look at me. Revelation 21 tells us what will not be in heaven. I want to tell you there'll be no funeral homes in heaven. The upper is going to put the undertaker out of business. There'll be no hospitals there. There'll be no divorce courts there. There'll be no bankruptcy courts there. There'll be no addiction centers there. There'll be no teen suicide there. There will be no pornography there. There will be no cancer there. There will be no rape there. There will be no missing children there. There will be no drug problems there. There will be no gangs in heaven. There will be no shootings. There will be no acts of terrorism. There will be no racial tension or racial divide in heaven. There will be no prejudice. There will be no injustice. There will be no misunderstandings. There will be no harsh words. There will be no hurt feelings. There will be no arguments. There will be no gossip. There will be no worry. There will be no depression. There will be no child abuse. There will be no wars. There will be no emotional breakdowns. There will be no murders. There will be no tears. There will be no trials. No trauma. No temptations. There will be no heart monitors. There will be no wheelchairs. There will be no rest. There will be no bad habits. There will be no doors locked There will be no sin, there will be no arguments, there will be no accidents, there will be no suffering, there will be no separation, there will be no starvation. There will be no tears because he's going to wipe every tear from our eye. No sorrow, no sickness, no death, no crying no pain for God shall wipe every tear from their eye. I've heard people say that we won't have our memory in heaven. I don't agree with that. Uh, the man remembered things in hell and I've heard people say, but we won't remember in heaven, but I believe we'll have a different perspective. We will remember what we've been through and the pains and the hurts and it'll cause us to be overwhelmed with gratitude in our final state of victory. It'll even cause us to worship even more because of what we've been through. Hallelujah. Behold, I make all things new. When you get to heaven, he'll make all things new. I want to close with this in Revelation chapter 21. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea and I, John saw the holy city, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. By the way, there'll be no churches in heaven, no temples. Y'all say amen. You'll never have to go to church again (laughs) because there'll be no difference between the secular and the sacred. Everywhere Jesus went, he turned it into a temple. When he got on Peter's boat, he turned it into a temple and did miracles and preached from it. When he got in a graveyard, he turned a graveyard into a temple and performed miracles and raised the dead. So guess what? Jesus is there. Therefore, there is no need for a temple. Wherever he is, it is sacred. It is holy. It is mighty. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. Listen, and God himself will be their God. And I love the fact that he said in the 22nd chapter, and there shall be no night there. Verse five, they shall need lamp or light for the sun, for the Lord God gives them the light. Listen and they, you and I, with Jesus, and they shall reign forever and forever. Folks, this is not a fairy tale. This is what the Bible teaches profoundly. And we need to stand on it. So if you're having a bad day, come up here. He invites you, get get your mind on heaven. You get to feeling mighty fine if you get your mind on heaven. Come up here. What you're going through looks bleak down there, but come up here and you'll see a whole different perspective. You flipped on that TV today and you don't know why you're watching that preacher, but I'm telling you, heaven is near. There's an open door for you today and he's saying, come up here. I want to come into your life. I want to give you peace. You don't have to worry about eternity. You can know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Young man, teenager, mom, dad, businessman. There's no greater question to answer than where will you spend eternity? Come up here. Heaven is saying, come, come like you are. He'll save you. He'll cleanse you through the blood of the cross. He'll raise you from death to life. I really want to say thank you for joining us this week. If you haven't already, make sure you click on the subscription button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people when you comment, when you give us your feedback. For more messages and inspirational materials, download the Jensen Franklin app. Or you can head over to jensenfranklin.org. I want to thank all of you who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.